Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome everyone. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, Really excited about introducing you to my very special guest today. We've had some amazing guests on, as you know, everyone from Jack Canfield, Larry King, Robin Sharma, uh, Trent Shelton, and the list goes on today. Is another uh, special episode. Glad to introduce someone. She's the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, The Passion Test, uh, Your Hidden Riches. Uh, also the co-author of From Sad to Glad. Uh, she's taken literally hundreds of thousands of people through the Passion Test process all over the world. Uh, she's the co-founder of the Passion Test Certification Program, which is literally over, I don't, I don't know what the number is now, but over... 3,000, maybe 4,000, maybe the number's gone up as we speak, certified facilitators in over 65 countries. I'm really excited to introduce to you all to uh, the amazing Janet Atwood. Janet, welcome to Soul Talk. <laughs> Hi, it's great to be with you. Great to hang so with you. been looking Thanks. forward to, uh, to checking in and just sharing you with everyone. You know, every time we, I, I get to see, just to, to share with everyone, Janet and I are part of the Transformational Leadership Council, and uh, every opportunity I get to see you, Janet, is uh, is always enlightening and, and just inspiring. So thanks for coming on. You know, for just for those that may not know, I just want to have a bunch of questions for you, but for those that may not, you know, be aware of you or the passion test, I'm, just, I'm curious myself too, um, like what started you on your path? What What started you on this path of, you know, helping people with the passion. I know you've been on a spiritual path for, you know, years. I heard something also like you, you lived in Iowa uh, for 20, 27, 30 years. Uh, what began the whole <laughs> seeking process and, you know, yeah. how did that yeah. start? Well, okay, that's two questions because you asked what it, what began the seeking process yes, and yes. what began my present day, uh, right up into my present day career, right? So yeah, how about yeah. we start with what began, how, how did my spiritual world begin? Yes, that's kind of yeah. a very interesting story. You know, mm-hmm. when I was young, um, I had like this, God, dude, I had the best life. I mean, it was very, very cool. Mm. And um, and the reason why it was so great was because I had the mother from, you know, the best mother in the universe. And I mean, she just mm. filled my life with so much love. And I mean, so much joy and love and everything good. When I was little, you know, I remember her taking me out of school and um, she would actually lie to the principal, write notes and say, Janet has to go to the dentist today. And um, mm. we'd go and play because we couldn't stand <laughs> to be apart. And then wow. when I was seven years old, 
her world cracked and so did mine because she became a massive alcoholic. And um, one day I remember her, you know, driving, driving almost into the house, right, coming home. And, um, and I looked at her eyes and I was like, who is this person? I was seven years old. And uh, my mom ended up, um, you know, of course, like she, she totally destroyed her marriage. Um, my sister and my, my brother were just, you know, just like, get me out of here. I mean, my dad left her, my brother and my sister went with my dad. And, you know, I, I was trying to hang on at seven years old. I thought I can't leave my mom. But eventually I got ripped away from her as well, because she ended up on the streets of Los Angeles. I mean, really, a, you know, a really dark time for me. And wow. um, at that at that age, at seven, at seven years old, that was when my whole world, you know, I I teach people about self-love now, and I said that was where my self-love cracked because I had massive, I just knew who I was. I was so clear and so clean and so happy, and then kaboom, right, when that happened, and that, is, that, that stayed with me. That really affected me, and uh, my decisions were really strange. I got really heavily into drugs later on in life and um, started, you know, running with some of the top drug dealers in the Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco area and ended up living actually with the president of the Oakland Hells Angels for a very short time. And um, just, yeah, I mean, I had a really radical, radical life. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, you know, like, you know, if you know me, you'll find out it's one extreme to another. But at that time, um, around the time of about 18, 19, I was living with my girlfriends. I was lying to my father. I said I was going to San Jose State University. I was actually mm-hmm. auditing courses. I was auditing pottery and um, Afro-American literature and some other strange courses. And um, I did that so my dad would send me money so I could take drugs. And one day I went mm. upstairs to my boyfriend's apartment and I said, I was talking to him and I said, Walt, you know what I think? And Walt looked at me and he said, you don't think, you don't even have a brain. And it was like, mm. it was like someone took a sledgehammer and just hit me over the head. And actually, it was probably one of the very best things, most honest things anyone had ever said. I ran downstairs and called my big brother, John. He's two years older than I am. And I called him up and I'm just hysterical. And I said, he's right. He's right. I, you know, I'm just like, all I am is just a drugged out individual. And he said, Janie, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Don't worry. And um, about four days later, he knocks on my door. I get this knock at my door and my brother had put, my brother had been living in Southern California. He put all of his stuff in his little Volvo. I was living in Northern California in San Jose. He drove up to San Jose. He walked in my apartment. He packed up Mm. my stuff and we drove to Santa Barbara and we decided that's where we'd live. He said, you got to come live with me. And he told me about meditation and on the way down to Santa Barbara. And that was, I think I had just turned 19 and I've been meditating ever since. As a matter of fact, Chris Atwood, you know who he is, right? My best friend, my ex-husband, my my business associate, 
Well, he's here with me in Italy with his family, his wife, their three kids, they're my godchildren. And um, we were all sitting at the table today and we were counting the years that we'd been meditating and minor. If I say everybody, I'll be so busted, but I've been meditating ah. over 50 years. How's that? Huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was how it started. And it was actually such a, a so cool because, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something. One of the things that I realized is that if you if you are into addiction and I was very addicted to LSD actually mm. that was my number one yeah. drug of choice um, you always have to bring in a second element something greater and I am you know mm. I'm so thankful that I that I learned transcendental meditation at that you know mm. at that age to you know bring me out of it and um, you know I was lucky I, I ended up a number of years later traveling around the world actually with Marishi Maheshogi who's the founder of Transcendental Meditation on his international staff. And so I, I, was, I got very close and got very deep into that knowledge. And as a matter of fact, I have a picture of myself with Marishi and a big crowd, but I'm in the front and John Gray is on one side from Minna for Mars. <laughs> and I'm on the other side of Marishi and Barbara DeAngelis is somewhere in the group. And that was oh my God. God. That was Mallorca sometime. I don't even remember what year, but yeah, we were all there together. So it's been a well, while. Imagine. I've been on this path. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah, I just so a, a kind of a, a, a sort of side question, Janet. Just more my own curiosity, and maybe someone will find it interesting. But I'm, I'm just curious. I always wanted to meet Maharishi. You know, you so you you met him what nineteen, twenty years old. I mean, it's pretty yeah. young to yeah. meet to meet like such a you know heavy duty teacher, right? And, and so like. Two questions again, and one is: is what was that like as a 19-year-old to to meet someone who you know, was an enlightened being? And what was he like? What was what was your experience of him like? What what did you? What were the most important things you learned from him? Because I always wanted to meet him, never got to meet him. So I'm I'm just curious what your most impactful learnings yeah. were from from you observing know. him. Because there's, there's a lot of people that teach great teaching, but you were like right there. So yeah, it's right by there. being close, what what did you learn? What did you observe about someone who was enlightened? About what, what did you see? Tell me. Yeah, well, so you know, for those of you that don't know, enlightenment just implies the ability to act without <clears throat> making mistakes. In other words, you're just you know one with nature. And being around Mari, she mm -hmm. that was what it was like. And. I remember, you know, I'd, I'd be all stressed out about something and I'd be, I think I've got to go talk to Marishi. I've got to go, ha you know, ask him because I, um, for a time I had some really important jobs and um, so I'd stand at his door and there were so many times I'd stand at his door and I didn't even need to knock and I'd know, hmm. I'd know, I just know what I needed to know. And for me, that's what it was like about, that was what it was like about being around Marishi, it was really so wonderful to be around someone that was so, he was so happy. You know, he was just mm. like deeply happy and deeply, you know, like he knew, like you knew he knew what, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't like, you, you know, I'm, I remember standing in the room, I remember being in the room one time and I had practiced for weeks 
um, I had written some songs and I really wanted to sing to Marishi. And Marishi walks in one day and it was a day that I had decided, all right, I'm going to sing him a song. And I'm in, I'm in this little mm. group of about 40 people. And one, one person had heard my music and, and he said to me before I even walked in the room, please don't play your song. We don't want to get embarrassed. You know, there's, there's yeah. like weird people everywhere, right? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And my, I, I, it's so contracted, you know, like, but it's my little song for Marishi, right? It was my dream. And um, Marishi walks in and he sits down and there were really about 40 people in the room. And he, mm. he goes, does anyone have any songs today? I just mm. love music. And my friend Larry turns around and goes, oh, my God, Janet, he's doing that for you, you know. And it was, like, mm. so cool. It was so cool. Because he, mm. you know, like, he just knew. He, I don't know why he knew, but he knew things that you didn't know, you know, you didn't mm. know. How could he know that? Mm. So, so, you know, it was it was really cool, too. I, I've been really lucky, you know, after Marishi um, went into, I, I would say, seclusion, and it was his last days, I had decided that, um, actually, it was it was when I was writing the passion test. I realized I was kind of fake because I re- hadn't really lived my passion yet. I was still playing it safe. So I sat myself mm. down and I went and I wrote this little thing. You know, like okay, okay, come on, man. You're the you wrote the ebook to the passion test, but you're still about 100 percent going for your edge, right? What, mm. If you could have, do, or be anything, what would it be? And I wrote down when my life is ideal. I'm spending time with the enlightened. And I I, want, I thought that's a passion that I don't know yeah. how it should happen, right? So, yeah. I, and I wanted to do that because the, I, I had remembered the happiest I'd ever felt, happy for no reason, was by being around Marishi, really. It was just oh. the, air, the air was lighter. Everything was lighter. Everything seemed really just so effortless. And, and, it, and it, you know, it... it it really is true because I did go and um, spend time with the enlightened. I went to India, Nepal, and other parts of the world and interviewed about uh, over 70 um, awakened beings. And what I found was that, you know, that you don't have to do, be, or have anything, you know, other than consciousness, right. To, Mm. to radiate, right. It's like Marishi was Mm. like, I would say um, a light bulb, you know, and, and yep. he was like a, um, a moth to, a, if I was the moth and he was the flame and I couldn't get enough of that flame. And, you know, what I realized being around awakened individuals was there's nothing that we really have to do except for be all that we can be from within. And that's mm. the, you know, that's where all of the juice comes from, right? Being the teacher, mm. living the teaching. And um, mm. yeah. Okay, you know you got Amazing. me started on my... Amazing. My- I love, I love We've got to have a whole conversation on that by itself. But, but you, you said something, Janet, um, that you were with Maharishi for all these years, then you wrote this ebook, but then you realized, that you, I think you said, like, wow, I'm fake, or I'm not really yeah. living my, my passion fully. So two questions again. Okay. Somehow you're getting two questions out of me each time. Is I know. Why, what, what, why were you... Why were you what was stopping you internally from living your passion fully? And based on what you've observed working with literally hundreds of thousands of people, why, what stops, what have you observed that stops people uh, as common denominators from really living their passions? 
Yeah, such a good, you're such a good interviewer, my man. God, I love you. Um, you know, it, it's the same thing that stops anyone. I, you know, I told you about my mom and, and how my world crashed. Well, I, I had a lot of low self-esteem. I had a ton of limiting beliefs. I mean, I think I must have been the queen of limiting beliefs. And, you know, that's what stops anyone. You know, those false beliefs, false ideas, false concepts. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't, you know, I, you know, who am I to be able to do that kind of thing? And, um, you know, as I travel all over the world, now, you know, I've, I've now got, oh gosh, over 3,000 passion test trainers around the world. But when I really did an examination of, you know, how many of those trainers are out there really kicking it and training, and I realized, yeah. you know, that, that there were a lot of them, but they weren't, but not all of them were. And I was like, how come? Why not? And, you know, mm-hmm. that led me to, to do what I'm doing now, which is um, my new program called Mastery of Self-Love. Because I realized mm-hmm. that, you know, everything is about, is about loving the self. You know, just like mm. letting you be you, letting you be okay with yeah. who you are, you know, letting you be okay where you're not even okay. And um, mm. so one of the one of the major things that I teach in that program or share, I don't like to say teach, but I, I facilitate are undoing um, people's limiting beliefs. And, you know, I'm a, a facilitator of the work of Byron Katie. I I was really lucky later on in my life after Marishi to actually work with Katie very closely. You know, she has that incredible process called the work. And um, I got to be her marketing director for some time and got really close to her. And yeah, it was really neat. And, you know, I got to really see my stuff, man, let me tell you, you know, again, I mean, the thing about being around awakened people is that you can't hide. And it's like, hello, here I am in 3D, you know, do what you may. And, um, it, you know, it was really, really super great to, um, you know, be able to be around someone who's so clear about helping people undo those limiting beliefs like Byron Katie. And, I, you know, for everybody, I mean, I see it all over the world. It's the thing that stops all of us from really going out there and doing whatever it is that we want to do. You know, just having those, you know, you can be, what I realized is that, you know, you can be really passionate. I mean, you can, I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I'm passionate about. And yet, and yet, if you have these limiting beliefs, you know, that, oh God, I'm not good enough. And one person comes along and says, really, you, you think you could do that? Then, you know, kaboom, right? Um, then, yep. Yeah, yep. right? Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go back to my J-O-B, my just over broke. You're right. Mm. You know, God, I couldn't have that thing. Who am I? Why can't I, you know, da 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 That, whole, that yeah. whole little cycle that happens, right? Right. So how do, how does someone, you know, because we all carry limiting beliefs in some way, and I think you're right. It, it's, it's what we can be passionate, but those limiting beliefs will, will keep us stuck in a prison. So... For someone listening in, let's say they have limiting beliefs, I'm not enough, I'm not beautiful, I'm not young enough, old enough, this enough, intelligent, whatever it is. Not, not that they're real, they're just beliefs uh, that we learn to make up at some moment. How, what, where, where is the first place that someone can begin or how can they start to let go of those limiting beliefs? Because sometimes I've observed, Janet, that 
we 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 sometimes know. Okay, I know that's not really true, or I I kind of do an affirmation to tell myself I'm enough, but I still don't believe it. And so, how, where does someone? How does someone start? How does someone really let go? God, you just like got me on such a roll, don't you? I mean, this affirmation thing. Okay, that's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, how could, how could your affirmation come true if you don't believe it? I mean, this is one of the things of that you have to know is, right, you first you have to energetically be connected and know that, okay, yeah, I can do this. Otherwise, you yeah. can say that affirmation till the end of your life and nothing is going to happen. I mean, nothing. But anyway, back to this. Uh, well, as as I said before, um, I my my mentor for this one is the work of Byron Katie. So, you know, I always um, I send I send so many people. I send all my students there. I mean, you know, you, I could say, hey, you guys come take my mastery of self love program because I really spend a lot of time. But, you know, um, if you need, you know, if you're suffering and you're listening right now and you're thinking, God, you know, she's talking about me. You know, I don't know who I am. I'll never do it. I'll never make it. Then, then you know you don't even have to finish listening to me. Go to www.thework.com and you know just um, just read and listen to Byron Katie because she's really you know as I said I've been with many awakened people and she is as awakened as any and her knowledge how to undo limiting beliefs and her process is just um, four questions and a turnaround. And um, the the four questions are just simply, is it true? Can you really know that it's true? How do you react when you attach to that thought? Who would you be without that thought? And, you know, so what she has you do is she has you fill out a worksheet. You know, I'm angry, I'm angry, disappointed, or depressed by blank because, and she has you fill in this thing, and then you start on this self-inquiry. Is it true? And it's incredible because what Byron Katie says is all war belongs on paper. And that, you know, whenever you think that something should be different than what is, you're going to suffer. And whenever you think that something should be different than what is, you're going to feel pain, separation, or, or suffering. And this process, the work, is just a real powerful process of inquiry that just teaches you to identify and question thoughts that cause all of the suffering in the world. And it's a really cool way to understand what's, you know, really hurting you and address your problems with clarity. So she's, she's the one for me. I just loved the process. It's very, very simple. And, you know, there's so many things you can do. I mean, this is one of the top ones, I, I would say. You know, the other things that you can do, of course, are, I mean, there's a lot of different um, processes to undo limiting beliefs. Um, you know, Ho'oponopono, which is another, um, another one of the beautiful processes that I use in my Mastery of Self-Love program, is just this beautiful Kahuna Hawaiian Prayer of Forgiveness. And, you know, everything, all of these different processes, the very interesting thing they all have in common is that everything starts from the inside. They all have you go inside, that everything exists within you. Ho'oponopono is simply, you know, saying this uh, this very beautiful prayer, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And yes. saying it over and over again, thinking of someone and realizing that that person is not 
outside of you, but you know, any whatever your concept is about that person lives in you, and that's who needs to clean yeah. it up. Everything is about yeah. cleaning it up. What Byron Katie said, which I think is so cool, is that she said, you know, before she awoke, she thought the world needed to change. After she awoke, she realized it wasn't the world that needed to change. It was her thinking about the world that needed to change. And, mm. and, and, and I, this is what I see. You know, there, there can be an enlightened being. What's the difference between an enlightened master and an unenlightened being is that the world is the same. The world is mm. the same. But it's just how is one perceiving the world? And so this is why right. transcending is so important. Transcending, finding a meditation process where you transcend or you go beyond the thinking process to yes, experience yes. profound state of rest, to undo those deep-rooted stresses that get in the way of your per ability to really have this great perception, right? Anybody that you know that you love to, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, is, you know, awake, right? I yep. mean, you, you know, you get around people that are, that are uh, clicking, it's because, you know, they've realized that, they have to do their own inner work. They're the teacher living the teaching. And, you know, you had sent me some questions, and I think one of them was um, something, you know, what would you say is your, grow, is your growing edge now? I went, growing I edge, yeah. What would you say is your growing edge now? And I thought, oh, my God, it's always the same one. It's always being the teacher, living the teaching. You know, really, you know, Janet, don't try. Don't try to be anything. Just be authentic, mm. transparent, mm. and vulnerable. And and you be you, you know, you be you. And this is mm. for all of us, you guys. You know, there's no one else we can be. So we might as well just, like, mm -hmm. you know, allow ourselves to be who we are and be and, and be really shameless about who we are. Mm -hmm. That's who we love anyway in, in others, you know, the ones that are, like, you know, just out yeah. there doing their thing, uh, right? Unapologetically being themselves. And so, look, I'm hearing you say, be who you are. You know, I mean, hey, I, that, that, that's my language, speaking to the choir when you, when you, when you say that. I love it. But I, I'm imagining, okay, Janet, there's someone listening. Maybe they're hearing this conversation and they're like, yeah, Janet, but I, I, I agree with you. Be who I am. I want to be who I am, but I'm ashamed of who I am. I, 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 don't, I don't love myself. Uh, I hear love yourself, love yourself, but I, I, they're not feeling it. It, it. For that person, how did they, how, how did they make the shift? Or what, what, what's, what's a shift they can make inside of themselves to open up the, 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 the willingness even, the, the availability to be able to find some more self-loving or find some compassion because they might, they might say to you, Janet, I, I just feel like I'm a terrible person. I just, I really feel like I'm not lovable or I really, I don't, I don't feel it. Is, is, there, are, are there, is there anything we've got when it's in the limiting beliefs part, is there anything else that they can do to, to move into a more compassionate, loving relationship with themselves to bring that self-loving? Oh, God, I love your questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things. And, you know, I just shared some. I mean, my, mm -hmm. the work, the work, a whole pono pono. Um, you know, the, the most important thing I do every day, I said, I, I do my transcendental meditation every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's my way. You know, what is, what is not loving yourself anyway? It's just stress, right? Stress. Yeah. Stress. 
What is stress? It's a physical um, abnormality in the structural or physical level of the nervous system. And, you know, all of us, all of us, if you think about it, if you're someone out there and you're going, God, I hate myself, I hate myself, I'll never love myself, yes. I even think I'm going to turn this off because this is such BS, you know. I mean, but but uh, come on, just for a minute, I want you to come come to, with me on a little journey to the very beginning of, you know, when you were a little person and you came out of your mother's womb. I mean, all of us came out like, yeah, you know, most of us right, were like, right. yes, I'm, I'm here. And then, and we were like, I love this, you know, and I'm ready to go. And then kaboom, mm. life happened. Life happened, right? Yep. We were loved. Yep. We were loved because our nature is love. It is who we are. But then what happened? Life happened. And when, you know, maybe you got in a big old hairy ass car accident, or maybe you mm -hmm. lost a loved one, or maybe you, you were physically abused, or maybe, yeah. you know, you had these horrendous things happen and got into drugs and became an, an addicted individual and you screwed up your life. You know, all of this, yeah, life happens. And then, yeah. And then what do you do? You start to, you, on each one of those things that happen, you start to protect, protect, and you put these mm -hmm. layers over you. And after a while, these layers you think are you, but it's, that's not you. The mm -hmm. you is the you in that beginning. Remember, you are love. Your nature is love. But you've just mm -hmm. forgotten and started to believe that, you know, you're not even mm -hmm. capable. So, so you have to, you have to start like taking baby steps. So let's, so let me take a baby step. Here's a, here's a little thing you could do. Um, you know, many of us, and I'm, and I don't know very many people who don't because I've been giving this to my, my transformational leader friends, you know, um, I, I'll say, okay, what's your, what's your inner critic say to you? You know, like, What's something, you know, your inner critic says daily? Because, you know, your world, your world is just, um, you know, just a bunch of thoughts, right, that you're projecting outward. And those thoughts are creating your world. And if you don't like the world that you're living in, then you can change the real. But you have to stop for a minute and you have to just go, okay. Like, what am I saying? What am I constantly saying? What is that groove in my neural pathways that I'm creating? You know, uh, you know, like, I'm not going to, mm. or I'm such a jerk, mm. or, mm. you know, nobody's mm. ever going to love me, or, you know, I'll never, I'll never make it in this life. What are you saying? What are you saying? Because remember, everything is an inside-out job. And if you're constantly saying that the universe is like a computer, mm. garbage in, garbage out, and it's going to go, oh, my God. Mm. Okay, they said they're not worthless. Okay, now we have to create their environment and everyone in it to prove they're right because that's our job, right? So mm. your job right now is just to stop for it and write down, do it right now. What is your inner critic constantly saying to you? Coot, come on. You know, all of us mm, have one. Mm, and even, mm. you know, like, come on, a transformational leader. Why are transformational leaders being a transformational leader? Because they, mm. they had some really, most of us had some tough stuff to deal with. There are very few that didn't. Mm. And mm. we, you know, we started doing self, you know, internal examination and started using different things and went, oh, my God, this works. And then we started sharing. 
So, you know, all mm. of us, wouldn't you agree, are working on ourselves until we transcend this body? Yes or yes? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's your, mm. let me ask you, what's your inner critic say to you? Do you have an inner critic at all or did? Uh, I mean, it definitely, uh, it, it, I would say, definitely used to be much more pronounced. I mean, the voices that used to come up a lot were, you know, not enough. Uh, constant comparison with other people, you know. I mean, I learned to okay. question and, and really just be kind to myself. And, and so, but I remember a lot of times, um, the, the, the abandonment thing, people are going to leave, you know, that, that, was, that was often uh, a voice. Goody. Okay, so you just said it. Thank you. Um, I love your, I knew you'd be so transparent and so real. So one of the things you said, I'm not enough. All right, so... Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just going to use you. So let's say your inner critic that you're saying, you know, pretty regularly in an, and, or in the past, right, was I'm not enough, mm -hmm. I'm not enough, I'm not enough. Um, okay, so, and then you start to believe it's true. And then when mm. someone comes along, you remember the time when someone came along and they said, God, you're so great. And you go, no, God, come on, what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> you can't right. even believe it. Right, you can't believe right. it. You you're, end up thinking they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. What's wrong with you? You're so screwed up. Okay. So, all right. So now what I want you to do is I want you to, I always, Debbie Poneman, um, who you and I both know, she has a really great program called Yes to Success. Um, years ago, I, I was studying with her and in the very, very, very beginning in my transformational days. And um, she used to go, cancel, cancel. And I said, Deb, why are you always saying cancel? And she said, because whenever I hear a negative thought, I, I want to stop it in its tracks. So mm. right now, what I want you to do is I want you to find your stop word. That was Deborah's stop word. Her stop word was cancel. And so anytime she heard a negative, she just didn't let it live, right? Mm. That's what she got to do. So I want you and I want everybody listening, find a stop word. So, you know, some of my students' stop words are um, no way or out of here or BS or, you know, crazy. And, and find a stop word so that the second a negative comes up, you can just like stop it. Because, you know, negatives, uh, you know, if you're constantly thinking of, of, of all these limiting beliefs, then the universe, as I said, starts to outpicture those things and, and sets it all up. And then we're, we're right, you know, there we are, you know, living in it. So we have to stop it in its tracks. So what would be your, um, what would be your <laughs> I mean, my I, I came up with a stop with this, like, fuck that. <laughs> oh, I love, oh my God. Okay, that's about as real as you can get. Okay, so, got it. Okay, so any limiting belief about it is like, you know, and that is such a cool thing that you just said. You know, I was interviewing some years back, Master Stephen Coe, who is a world-renowned pranic mm. healer, and now Master Coe is like, working on the on Tony Robbins stage and he is incredible mm -hmm. and incredible and one time when I was interviewing him I said Master Co is there anything is there anything at all that you wished um, you could change about your life and Master Co stopped for a minute and it got really silent on the call and then he said if I had known the power of my words 
and my thoughts, mm. I would mm. never think a negative thing again. You know, I would never mm. think a negative thing again. So, okay, now you've got your stop word. I love it. Uh huh. What's your stop word, too? Mm. Come on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Fuck that. Fuck <laughs> that. Okay, so, all right, so that's your stop word. Now what I want you to do, okay, your limiting belief was I'm not enough. What would be the opposite of I'm not enough? I want you to create your self-love mantra because the, your self-love mantra is the opposite of your limiting beliefs. So what would be the opposite of I'm not enough? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I ended up creating was, was something like, um, you know, I'm whole, perfect, complete, or, I, or, you know, something like I'm lovable. Just as I am, I think that would be more, what I felt was more accurate. Yes, that is so beautiful. So let's just use that I'm lovable just as I am. So you guys listening, what I walked to, through just now was my inner critic exercise and mastery of self love, and it starts with you got to stop for a minute, and you got to get really seriously real with yourself because you know all of these mm. in any negative that you're constantly replaying 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 are going to show up in your life and then you're going to start thinking that's the real me that's the real me right and then and then you don't mm. remember who you are so what do you have to do now at first you're going to feel really stupid like this is such I think this is so stupid this is the dumbest thing because really you know it's like it's like putting on you know um a, a piece of clothing that doesn't quite fit yet. And yeah. it doesn't fit. Yeah. It doesn't fit because you're so used to the other. You know, you're so used mm -hmm. to the other that the, the, the even though it's the better part of the clothing, man, it's a, it, this is mm -hmm. Armani we're talking about. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, so, so here's what I want you to do. You got to first look in, and ask yourself, okay, what is it that I'm always saying to myself that I am? And then you got to find your stop word. I loved Coot. It will forever be indented yep. into my consciousness. And then you got to create your self-love mantra. And every time, really, you know, mm. here's, the, here's the thing. I wish, I wish, and don't you, Coot, that we could do everybody's inner work for them and they could just like, you yes. know, yay, okay, yay, um, you know, you're, you're going, you're going there. But we can't. You know, this is your, mm -hmm. this is your part. you got to find mm -hmm. your inner critic. You got to do your stop word and use your stop word for any negatives. And then you got to, and then bring in that self-love mantra. You know, I'm good enough. Or I'm mm -hmm. coots. I love coots. You know, I'm, I'm lovable just as I am. And yes. then after a while, here's what's cool. Here, here's what some of my students have found, Coot, which was really cool. After a while, what they realized was that their relationships were getting better. They woke up and they, you know, they had this smile on their face and they were, didn't know why. You know, it took a, mm -hmm. it took a couple of months of, of really, really going, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm really going to do this one little thing. I'm going to do this one little thing. And, you know, the things that they reported back to me are phenomenal. And all mm -hmm. it was is just stopping those negatives. And, you know, the, the other thing that you guys can do, and, you know, so that's one thing, finding your inner critic using a stop word, and then replacing your inner critic with your self-love mantra. Find that just one little sentence that you can replace and try it on, you know, just try it on. You be yes. your and, um, mm, and, and see what you think. So there's, mm. you asked me, was there anything? I that love you, it. There, there's one little it. other thing. 
you know, I'm buddies with Ken Honda. He's part of the mm-hmm. Tia Transformational Leadership Council, and he's in Japan. And I, one night when I first got to Japan, I was sitting there with Ken, and he's telling me about this mentor named Wahei Takeda. And Wahei mm-hmm. is one of the, um, at, at the time, the the most successful small investors and in, you know of small investors in all of Japan. And he had he had phenomenal amounts of wealth. And Ken's telling me that Wahei created this program called Morrow Up. Morrow Up was all about finding the good in all things. And mm. and he started telling me such cool stories about Wahei. He said. You know, Wahei owned a candy factory, and he called his candy Arigato, which means thank you. And you'd walk mm. into his candy factory, and he'd have children singing, being piped into the factory. Oh, I love it. Arigato, Arigato. And, you know, Ken said, he asked Wahei, Wahei, why are you having the workers listening to this, you know, singing children, mm. you know? Mm. He said, because when the factory workers listen to the children singing, and they're singing, thank you, thank you. They get happy, and then they infuse that happiness into the candy, and then people eat the candy, and then they become happy. Anyway, when, so Ken's telling me about this guy, and I'm like, I've got to meet him. And Ken says, no, Janet, you know, it's hard to get, get to see him. And I said, yeah, okay, but they're not Janet Atwood. So the next morning, I walked into my publisher in Japan, and I said, I said I've got to meet Wahei Takeda. And it was so cool because my publisher knew him personally, walked into his office, called him up. I went and interviewed Mm. Wahei. Wahei was 84 at the time. I think he was 84 and just one of the happiest guys in the world. And just, you know, just so light and so great. And Wahei said to me, you know, there are lots of different ways that you can become happy. He said, I say thank you. I, I had two illnesses. He said that were really, really intense. And he said, I was grateful a thousand times a day. I was just thankful a thousand times a day. So, mm. you know, uh, one thing that I, that I always do every day is I just look for things that I'm grateful for. And if, if you're, yes. and again, you feel like your life sucks or, you know, things mm. are just not working. What you've got to do is you've got to do something that can mm. raise you up. And and I've done it, and I know you can do it, because there's been times where I've laid on my bed and gone lateral and just thought, God, I guess, mm. you know, because is, life is too hard. And then I'll just start being grateful. And, you know, oh. I'll just look around the room like, okay, thank you for the light that, mm. that really helps me to see better. Thank you for my eyes that helps me to mm. see better. Thank you for my legs that walk me, you know, that have walked me miles. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And, you know, it's so weird. It it, it sounds so trite, but but truly yeah. the world is as you are. And and when you allow yourself to just really practice gratitude, it raises your consciousness. It raises you out of that, of that funk that you're in. And, you know, you can't possibly think a negative thought when you're being in gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is something that you don't have to pay for. You don't have to go turn on your computer. You don't have to read a book. You can just start right now. Start right now because here, here's the thing. You know, we create our own reality. We co-create our reality. It, and all of us have stuff that happens. And the difference between, between a master and someone who really struggles at life is that the master just picked up some of these things and decided, okay, you know, like I'm, 
I'm in charge here and I've got to bring it up. You know, I've got mm. to get aligned and because the world, it's not the world that needs to change. As Byron Katie said, it's my thinking about yeah. the world. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I love it. Jen, I'm, I, I so love your passion. It's really clear to me as I'm, as I'm listening to your passion for knowledge and truth and wisdom and also sharing and teaching that to others. You know, it's beautiful to feel uh, you just sharing. And, and I'm just uh, really knowing and hoping that everyone listening in, I'm interviewing the amazing Janet Atwood, author of The Passion Test. Hopefully you're taking lots of notes. She's dropping some, you know, wisdom and knowledge today. Gratitude, ask yourself. I mean, it's such a simple concept, but so, so often we don't practice it. And as Janet is saying, it's free. Look around. What are you grateful for? Shift your focus. Shift how you're viewing life. Janet, Janet I want to ask you about passion. I mean, I'm feeling your passion on the phone. I'm sure everyone listening in to this podcast is feeling your passion. Hopefully they're getting connected to something inside of themselves as you're sharing, even on an energetic level. You're, you're the author of The Passion Test, so I'm curious to ask for those maybe seeking their passion. They might be in a place where, I don't know, I've heard people say, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I, you know, what, what my purpose is, my passion is. So I, I guess, again, a couple of questions. What, what is, when you say, when you say passion, when you say passion, what is passion? How do you, how do you sort of define passion so people can understand passion? I mean, is it that thing that I would die for, or is it, you know, just something that's a internal, could it be something gentle, subtle, internal, and, you know, for someone who doesn't know what their passion is, how how can they begin to, what are some things to help them start clarifying what their passion is so that they can begin living that? Oh, that is so sweet of you. Thank you. Okay, so let's start with your first question. What is passion? You you, you said, is it something you die for or is it more gentle? And, you know, it depends on who's you know, who, who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. For some people, their passion may be that, you know, I love to garden, right? Or I, I love to hang out with my golden retriever. I have a passion for mm. being with animals in the forest. Another person, ah, oh, God, I want to be on a stage. I want to transform the world, you know? And mm. so passion is, you know, is going to be different for everyone. And that's why, you know, my, my, I, I'm always saying to everyone, a mantra, you be you. No one can do you better than you. And don't, you know, don't compare yourself to others because when you compare, you'll die. You know, you can never win, you know. So the only, you know, the thing about passion is and how you can, um, you know, start figuring out what are you passionate about? Do what I did. You know, I, I created the passion test to get myself out of my hell. I, I didn't have any idea, you know, it's a number one tool right now being used around the world to get people clear, the passion test, on the things that matter most to them. But at the time, to, you know, honestly, I, I created the passion test because I was doing a job that I hated. I was failing miserably. I, I thought this, mm. this is like the worst thing I've ever experienced. And, you know, I just didn't like my life. And, and so... Um, I went to a seminar. I, I, I heard about a seminar. It was actually Deborah Punham's seminar. I saw it one night when I was meditating after work, and I saw the sign that said, yes, to success seminar. I called into work sick. I lied. 
And then I sang all the way, you know, the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, all the way to her seminar. And Deborah, when I was at her seminar, she started, you know, sharing that there had been a survey given to the 100 most successful people in the United States. And what the survey found was that all of the 100 most successful people um, were knew what their top five passions are. And that, in that moment, in this seminar over 30 years ago was the birth of the passion test because I sat there and I went, oh my God, that's it. That's it. If I could figure out, if I could figure out what my top five passions are, I'd be like all those other, you know, 100 most <laughs> successful people in the world. I mean, really, truly. And so mm -hmm. that was the birth of the passion test. So here's what you guys can wow. do. You know, I mean, if I could do it, you could do it, man. You know, and the passion test is cool because hmm. it's a system. And a system is save yourself time, energy, and money. And I think I was walking along one day and, the, you know, the universe said, hey, we got to give her something. And plop, they gave me this passion test to share with people. But anyway, um, so here's what you guys can do. Start with the sentence, when my life is ideal, I am. When my hmm. life is ideal, I am. And that's the first question that we ask in the passion test. And then don't censor yourself and think about, think about, you know, areas of your life that are important, like relationships, career, um, spirituality, fun, health, um, you know, things that, that are important to you, like your environment, where do you live, what's your house like, um, you know, philanthropy, giving. And think of these different areas and, you know, just you be you. Like, just think when my life is ideal, mm. I am. And then think about, okay, relationship. When my life is ideal, I remember my, what I wrote. When my life is ideal, I am. And mine was um, traveling, working, playing with my And that's what I wrote. And, um, you know, just be real simple. You know, maybe your desire is to have a fantastic relationship with your children. When my life is right. ideal, I, I am really enjoying a fabulous, loving, connected relationship with my kids and, and my family. You know, you right. be you and you think about what is it that you got it would just like, yeah, that would be the best of the best. It's only a thought. You know, it's only a thought. So why not make it the best of the best? I mean, think about it. You can go, I, um, when my life is ideal, I am a author. Or you can go, when my life is ideal, I am a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, why not just go for it and see what the universe will bring to you? And if you're someone like, you know, one time I was giving the passion test to 200 homeless women in Miami, and I said, okay, you know, take the passion test. And this one woman looks at me, she goes, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Hmm. I don't have a clue what I'm passionate about. And I said, well, what's something you never want to have happen again? Yep, yep. And she said, I never ever want to be on the street again and I said mm. okay what would be the opposite of being on yes. the street what would, what would do it for you and she and she, mm -hmm. oh my god dude, I'll never forget that moment because mm. this woman started crying she said I live in a beautiful home and I said mm. that's it honey write it down 
you know, write it down. You be you. You be you. You guys yes. start yes. start from where you are. Start from where you are and think of the different areas of your life that are important to you. And here here's the beautiful thing. When you start to ask yourself when just that simple sentence, when my life is ideal, I am. What happens is it's like a virus that enters into you and it won't let go of you. And after a while, you're like, God, oh, I want this and I want this and I want this because everything Mm. will start to become, you know, really clear and clear and clear. You know, the other thing Mm. you can do, go up to the Passion Test website and you can take the survey. And here's like really cool news that I'm really excited about. Um, Very soon, uh, people will be able to take the passion test right online, which is right there on my site. And this is happening in a few months. So don't wait, though. Start now writing these things down. And um, and then and then you can and then once you get about a list of about 10, don't do more than 15, because after that, you repeat yourself. You can just start going, Okay. You can ask the first question that we ask in the second part of the passion test when we take someone through it, which is, which feels better? And you can just start going from one to two. Which feels better? You know, maybe you wrote being in a relation, you know, being having a loving relationship with your parents or being in an ideal career. And whatever one feels better, you take that one and you take that one to the next one. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and so on and so on. Which feels better until you eliminate and come up with your top five passions through this beautiful, you know, elimination process. The other thing that you guys can do is you can go to the Passion Test website. There's Passion Test facilitators um, that are listed. You can contact them. And we, um, you know, show people how they can, you know, go through the Passion Test that way too. But you guys, remember this. Don't censor yourself. Just you be you and think about when my life is ideal, I am, and just begin and tell yourself before you go to bed at night, you know, come on, you know, like, what do I love? What would I, what would I just, you know, get out of bed for and just go, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's passion. It's, it's not personal, you guys. Yeah. I really mean that. It's not about you. It's about All of us are part of this unified field. We have a role to play. And our job in this lifetime is to stop and and get really clear. When you're clear, what you choose to have show up in your life will. That's our quote in the Passion Test book. And only to the extent that you're clear. And your job in this lifetime is to get really clear. Figure out what am I here for? What am I passionate about? What What are my gifts? What are my skills? What are my talents? And bring all of those things together. Because... The way that you're going to really be turned on and really excited about life is is when you're helping others through your passions. When you're helping mm. others through your passions, and that's that. Mm. I love it. That that okay, so to me that is come on. Let's let's do it. Janet, to to me that, that as you say that that is for me success. You know, to really help other people with their passion through yeah. my passion. That's beautiful. And that's such a powerful, folks, if you're listening, as you're listening in, hopefully you're really digesting this powerful question. Sounds simple, but it is really powerful. When my life is ideal, I am. And as Janet said, don't censor yourself. Just just give yourself the full permission to just 
receive, to download, to dream, to envision, and allow your intelligence to, that, 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 that your heart and your soul to speak to you. I might be in trouble, uh, Janet, because I'm thinking my passion is, uh, or one of my passions, which I tend not to indulge, is, you know, uh, chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip ice cream. So <laughs> uh, that could get me in trouble as a passion. But uh, uh, so I'm thinking to myself as you're, as you're sharing, my life is ideal when I'm eating lots of you know, mint chocolate chip ice cream uh, and staying in my perfect way at the same time. But, so well, on a side, on a, on a, on a side <laughs> note, uh, you know, it, it, what, one, one more question about passion, then I have one final question to kind of wrap this conversation. And I just want to thank you, Janet, for just being so generous oh, and I love sharing your passion. Is, is, you know, I, I know lots of folks who, they have, I know them, they, they found their passion, you know, they, they want to help, they want to write, they want to teach, they want to coach, or whatever it is, they could, like, I got my passion, I know what my passion is, but I'm freaking broke, I make no money, I can't pay the rent, you know, I'm barely paying, I'm following my passion, I'm, I'm being an artist, I'm designing, I'm creating, I'm putting my music out, but I, but I, I can't survive, and so, how does one actually monetize their passion? Is there something, some advice you have on actually monetizing your passion in a way that can, people can thrive and, and have a sustainable income and, and abundance in, in their lives? Is there, what have you seen there that you can guide folks with? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, it's called common sense. Mm. <laughs> it's called common sense. <laughs> Number, I mean, really, everybody can't always make a living, living their passion. Really, think right, about it. Right, Number right. one, you know, you got to get really clear on that. And, and, and truly, that's, that's, that is true. That not everybody is supposed to be here. Not, not all of us are supposed to be multimillionaires or billionaires. Or da, 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 da. You know, when you're really being you, though, you know, like, it, you know, you have to stop and think and get clear on not just your passion about my career, but your other passion <clears throat> as well have to matter. And there's that balance in life, right? So, <clears throat> you know, I had this one woman come to me um, in Newport Beach, California, and she was bawling her eyes out. And she goes, I don't know what to do. I want to live my passion. And I said, well, what is it, honey? And she said, I want to have a dress store, but I have four boys and they're taking all my time and I love my kids and I feel so guilty. And I said, okay, here's what you do. You don't abandon everything about your life and go for your passion and then just hope it works because that, you know, that's not being grounded. But what yes. you can do, yeah, right? Because everything else matters too. Everything, you know, everything matters. I said, but what you can do is you take baby steps. And, and, and so for her, I said, you know, why don't you just, I said, would it, would it make a difference in your life if you sat down, you designed your little dress store and you started like thinking, where would you like to have it? What would you like to have in it? And, you know, and you took a half an hour and, and I said, maybe you're going to have to get up a half an hour earlier, you know, and, and, and I said, do you think that if you did that, that would bring some, you know, some start, you'd, you'd be starting and you'd be on your way. And she, I said, would that bring you some happiness and joy? And I, she said, it would. And I said, and and do you think that that might affect your happiness with your kids? <laughs> you know, I said, do you ever find that you're really resentful with your kids? I do. And I said, well, yeah. you know, you start from where you are. And here's what will happen. And as you start from where you are and you actually, you know, 
You have to use all your abilities, not just passion is not enough, Coot. You have to have passion, your skills, what you've learned in school, what people compliment you on, you know, what you've educated yourself in, and yep. bring all of that together. And, yes. and then you can hit a grand slam. Then you can hit a grand slam. If you want to be a master of something, you know, it's, you, you know, it's not like all like, yay, I get to be a master. No, you got to do this <laughs> stuff. You know, maybe you want to be a, a you know, a, an Olympian swimmer. Well, guess what? Some of those, those guys are missing a lot yep. of proms and they're missing a lot of nights mm-hmm. out drinking and they're missing a lot of partying mm-hmm. but boy when they're standing at the podium and they're getting the medal they're going it was worth it it was worth it yeah. so you got to yeah. do what you got to do what you got to do so bottom line it and and start to really think what are my skills what are my talents what are the things i do well what are people compliment me on what am i educated in and what am i passionate about the universe doesn't play tr- it's not a mistake that you love what you And what you'll notice is every single moment in your life you right to now and brought you to what you can do right now. And it all yes. matters. It all matters. You know, and so, so ground yourself in that, in that thought and start from there and do what you have to do. And sometimes you have to, you know, like the guy who's the artist, right? Well, maybe he's going to have to paint less and get a part-time job, you know, until his painting starts to sell. God, I've seen yeah. so many people be these mountain jumpers. I know what I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm giving everything up. Goodbye and kabam. And then they're like, oh. you know, what happened was you weren't, you, you know, you weren't thinking about your whole life. You were thinking about a, and so you didn't get support. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, th- I think also what I'm hearing, I love your practicality too, Janet, because as you think about your whole life, I think that you're being responsible. And I also feel like as you're being responsible for the small, the universe then is able to give you more. You know, you become entrusted with more. And I think also what I'm getting that I'm hoping folks are listening as you're talking is I think when you know what your passion is and you're working towards it and you know that you're working towards internally, even though maybe you're in a job that you don't like, as you know, you're working towards, if you're that artist who wants to paint all the time, but he has to take this part-time job, then if you know you're working towards your art and and moving towards and getting closer each day, then as you do the part-time job, you know, that's not the final destination because that part-time job is now serving you in the direction of supporting your passion. And and that's what I really love. You said something so profound. I mean, it it is so profound. See, here's the thing. You know, the the more you, uh, you know, as you go on that path of passion, because it's definitely a path. You know, it's yes. passion is, you know, you're, where there is no really destination. I'm living my purpose, you know. No, but, you know, it's, it's, it's like the journey, right? The journey is such a cool thing. But anyway, as you're walking on that path, what you're starting to do is you're growing in courage. Why? Because when you're really internally listening and you're really connected and you're following what you know is right for you, what you're going to notice is the people, the places, the things are going to show up. Synchronicity starts to happen and those doors start to open. So you have to be really fine tuned. That's why, you know, being the teacher, living the teaching means 
you know, what am I eating? What am I feeding my body temple? Am I meditating? You know, am I doing these mm-hmm. things that I know to be right? Am I being in gratitude? Am I, you know, using that, you know, stop word to stop that inner critic? You know, everything matters because what happens is the more you really get tuned up, the more able, what is passion really but? It's listening mm-hmm. to the general manager of the universe and what those marching orders are for you. And you, and then the more you follow that, the more courage you have and the more courage you have, the more you're given. And that's what you said. You know, you're, it's like mom with the cookies, right? Mom, I love those chocolate chip cookies. It's like the general <laughs> manager of the universe and your passion. Oh, I love this passion. Oh, you do? Here, here's more. Here's mm-hmm. more. You know, and how you handle I it. it. I love it. Folks, I hope you're really uh, feeling, feeling your passion getting activated listening to Janet. Janet, final question. You know, you shared so much in this conversation, again, so generously, and I, I think there's so much wisdom, and I've taken pages of notes myself. I'm sure folks have. If there were, as we wrap up, if there were, you know, in a nutshell, if there were, as you look at your life, everything you live uh, in your life, clearly you've lived many lifetimes in this one lifetime alone, um, and successes, ups, downs, you know, relationships, and and so if there were three key life lessons that may be, and it might be hard to, to narrow down into three, but if you were to take extract the most important three key life lessons that you would want to pass on to the next generation, you know, uh, grandchildren, children, grandchildren, uh, it, to, to evolve the next generation the most, what would the three most simple key life lessons be that you would give and share from your life to the next generation? You know, well, thank you, Kud. I think I've shared them all, but, you know, number one is to know yourself. And how do you know yourself? I mean, what is yourself to to transcend on a regular basis, to find a meditation practice that will enable you to really dive deep into yourself and know that there's a world inside of you, right? And as as yogis have known from time immemorial, and to to really allow yourself to be you you know not you know just just get it that there is no one here like you and for you to be you and let you you know whatever you are and whoever you are being shameless about it because mm. because you're you know who you yeah. are is what you're here to gift everyone with and mm. nothing more needs to be added to that to make it any better. You're not broken. You're not damaged. You know, this is the package. And so start looking at that package and finding the gifts in that package. And to understand that, you know, the only thing that can block you from, you know, doing anything in your life that would be phenomenal to you is your limiting beliefs. So, so yes. find different practices like the work of Byron Katie, like Ho'oponopono, um, you know, the Sedona method, all of these different yes. practices, being in gratitude to undo your limiting beliefs. Your limiting beliefs are not real. Your limiting beliefs, though, appear as clouds that block the sun, but notice the clouds move and there's the sun. So mm. find, uh, find ways to undo these limiting beliefs so that you can realize that, you know, who you, who you are is your gift to the world. And you can only know that when you don't, you know, when you don't tell yourself the lies that you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough. 
I'm not smart enough. I'll never, I'll never have what it takes. This is the lie. The lie is, and the truth is, is that you came here as love. You came here as a gift. And this is your time. This is your time. If you decide my time is now. Amen. Amazing. Folks, you heard it. Jenna Atwood, she's bringing the wisdom. You are love. Know yourself. Be unapologetically yourself. I think that's the greatest gift, folks, that you can, each of us, that you can give the world is just you being you. You know, I often think, sometimes think if Mandela wasn't Mandela and Gandhi didn't dare to be Gandhi and Bruce Lee and all these folks, just if they didn't give their gift, how different would the world be? So by you not giving your gift, folks, the world's going to be forever impacted. By you giving your gift, the world will be impacted, even if it's just to one person. Janet, this has been a, a very special conversation. Thank you so much for just pouring oh. yourself into into everyone. What's the best way? I know you mentioned the the passion test, but what's the best way that people can find out about your yeah. work? Is it uh, thepassiontest.com? Yeah, www.thepassiontest.com, and they can go and see, you know, our different courses. My passion right now is training rock stars. Really, my my desire is to train trainers of um, the passion test to help people get clear on the things that matter most to them and mastery of self-love to really, you know, become the very best you you can be and then share that with others and make a really cool living doing that. So if any of you have a desire to be a transformational leader, I have a desire to be a rock star maker. So thank you, Kuhn. I love you. Thank you. Love you lots. Thank you so much, Janet. Folks, go to www.thepassiontest.com. Definitely take the passion test. Check out Janet's work. I want you to also email me, uh, com. I would love to hear your key takeaways from today's powerful and inspiring podcast. Key question as a homework assignment, I'd love to assign each of you listening in. Just take a piece of paper and just ask yourself the question, when my life is ideal, I am Don't censor yourself, as Janet said. Let it flow. Share your thoughts with me, Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. Look forward to uh, connecting with you folks in the next episode of Soul Talk. Make sure you share this, subscribe and share this with all your friends. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.